Blackpool Combat Club and the Golden Elite go to war in Blood and Guts. FDR and Bullet Club Gold have a classic on collision. Dominic Mysterio wins gold in NXT and Brock Lesnar returns to Monday Night Raw. And we're talking about it all here on Earning the Push. My name is Jack Murley, professional broadcaster based in the UK. My co-host is Down Under, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett. Good evening to you. Good morning to you wherever you're listening. Welcome to the pod. How are you, Mr. Beckett? Good, thank you. Good morning to you, Jack. Good evening to me. We are making the time difference work. Uh, I'm very well, thank you. I'm very well. I'm just, I feel like I've said this a lot on uh, this podcast, but I feel like this week might be the week that exemplifies this the best. But what a time to be a wrestling fan. But I'm going to get straight away. I think I saw Meltzer, friend of the show, uh, tweet, or it might have been other friend of the show, Sean Ross, uh, Sean Ross Sapp, actually, big listener. Uh, I think he tweeted something, one of those two tweeted that, of the top 12 entertainment shows in the last seven days in the US for rankings, five of them are wrestling shows. Five separate professional wrestling shows in the top 12 in the US, which just shows, I think everyone, I'm, I'm going to say, I think everyone talks about the, the attitude here. I think we're living in another golden era of professional wrestling at the moment. It is incredible how good it is currently. It is so good. And there is so much. Look, I'm going to, I don't like to disappoint fans right at the start of the podcast, but we're not going to get round to talking about Ring of Honor's pay-per-view this Friday, today as we speak. Not going to talk about Slammiversary either for Impact Wrestling because there's just so much good stuff out there. But we are going to talk about everything happening in WWE. And we're going to start with AEW this week. Let's get into it. Remember, he's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast and get involved wherever you do your socials. AEW, we're kicking off with Charlie because... It's been a bonkers week for Tony Khan's promotion, headlined by two very different type of matches that both went nearly an hour. FTR beat Bullet Club Gold in a two out of three falls match on Collision, and then the Golden Elite beat the Blackpool Combat Club in Blood and Guts on Dynamite. Two one-hour matches, very different. Thoughts? Brilliant. I I think arguably AEW's best week ever, maybe? For content they've put out, it's been phenomenal this week in AW. Um, I said on last week's show, I haven't watched Collision yet. I see bits of it. I'd watched some Ojo versus CM Punk. I still haven't watched a whole show, but I did watch an hour of it. I watched that two out of three falls match. And it's just, I think two out of three falls in tag team wrestling done well might be my favourite kind of wrestling, maybe. Like, I think when tag team wrestling is done well and the story is told well and it is done in that unique way that tag team wrestling can be done. I think it's edgy, you see exhilarating stuff. And I think I like how two out of three falls has become like the, the, um, the staple piece of tag team wrestling. That is the golden standard. You can have a good two out of three falls match in tag team wrestling. That is where you're at. You think of the DIYs versus revolution, um, not Revolution, Revival, sorry, I forgot they were called, FTR were called NXT, um, even with the Authors of Pain involved as well, like that sort of time in tag team wrestling NXT, two out of three falls was what they went to, and this, this match goes up there with any of the ones that are in those takeovers, it was it was phenomenal. And I, I don't, haven't watched too much of the Golden um, Bullet Club before, 
but whatever they do now, I'll be watching because they were just excellent. If, if you were to create a perfect pro wrestling stew and you're looking in your store cupboard and thinking, what ingredients do I want for this? You're going, right, I'm going to take a bit of FTR, a bit of Juice Robinson, a bit of Jay White. Yeah, I'm going to put it in Canada. I'm going to give them an hour. I'm going to have Ian Riccoboni and Nigel McGuinness on the call. We're going to have a red hot crowd. We're going to make it for the titles. We're just, we're ju- and it just came together beautifully it was a reminder of what beautiful tag team wrestling can be and we've been blessed with great tag wrestling this year if you think one of the nights of wrestlemania was main evented by a tag team title match i would stack this up against that for very different reasons just exceptional and i told you last week collision is becoming a can't miss show and that's going to get eyeballs on it going forward 100 percent, 100 percent. i think it's a different sort of show, Dynamite, and I think probably a more enjoyable one for a lot of the reasons I like wrestling, even though Dynamite is a flagship show. I think having the bits I've seen of Collision, I think that is the more enjoyable side of AEW for me. And how good is Juice Robinson for someone I didn't know much about? I think I read he's he's wrestled already over 12 hours on TV on Collision. He is Mr. Collision. He's Mr. Saturday Night for AEW, and he's brilliant. And there was a lot of rumours, wasn't there, that... Um, Jay White was going to go to WWE. Mm. He's found a brilliant home in AEW. He seems like a megastar. He seems important the way they're presenting him, the way he's wrestling. And I think it's a very exciting time, I've said for wrestling already, but AEW, even to where they were maybe three or four weeks ago, seemed to be in a better place from my point of view. Now, I'm not, I know Tony Khan's not too bothered what I think, but it seems like they're just in a better place to compete with the juggernaut that is WWE at the moment. And what are we not talking about? CM Punk. And, and you know, I, I think I love CM Punk. I think it's great he's back. But, you know, I just think that Collision is, is a great show. And I think having that space for FTR to be FTR, because I'm, I'm not convinced that FTR would say in their heart of hearts they've been used the way they thought they would be in, in AEW. If you look at that tag team roster as we did, um, there was one point where you had the old Undisputed Era because you had Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. You had uh, FTR as they as they are now, the Revival previously. You had the Young Bucks. You had all these great tag teams. And then they bought in the trios titles and the tag team titles just felt irrelevant. I think FTR, this sort of match, will help them make those tag team titles seem so important again. I entirely agree, and I think it's very hard. We, we, we've spoken a lot on the past of the issue, we think, of how many belts show up on AEW. But I think for any brand to have more than one set of tag titles is hard, mm. let alone it be a tag and trio. So I think they still find their feet there. Like they don't, they don't both feel important at the same time ever, do they? It feels like we focus on one or the other. And at the moment, we're very much focusing on the tag titles with FTR and with the tournament that MGF and Adam Cole won. And they feel very important all of a sudden. And there is great, great tag teams there. But it does feel like we can't enjoy FTR as tag champions and House of Black as trio champions at the same time, which seems a shame because they're such brilliant teams and brilliant uh, wrestlers. So it's interesting how that dynamic works. But yeah, the tag the tag scene very quickly has become very hot in uh, AEW right now. It has. Uh, Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter is him. Jack underscore Murley is me. Do ch- I imagine most people listening uh, really love that tag match, but you pay your money, you takes your choice. If that one hour match wasn't enough for you on Collision, uh, we had a, an AEW special, balls to the wall, every weapon they could throw into blood and guts, and they went for a full hour on Dynamite, and the ratings coming out last night, one of their best ratings in, in many a moon, almost a million they cracked with uh, blood and guts. Brutality defined, Charlie. 
Yeah, so you are our uh, resident AEW expert. You also, and this would shock people looking at us, you enjoy the hardcore deathmatch side of wrestling more than me, which is not what people would, uh, would expect, I don't think, looking at us and knowing us. But uh, first of all, I really enjoyed this. I did enjoy it. I thought the brutality served a purpose. Like, it's a long feud they're blowing off. And in, if you're ever going to do it, in blood and guts is the place to do it. Like, you're locked in a cage to go to war. It felt like this was the most brutal one we've had yet. Would you agree with that? I'm, yes, I would. Do you know, I'm in two minds about this blood and guts. I really, I, I don't know well, if I... In the, the stipulation, the gimmick, or this one in itself, this year's. I think a bit of both. It, 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 look, it was, it was a really good match, but I came away from it feeling... I don't know. I just felt a little underwhelmed by it. Not not by not by the effort or the anything that was going on in it. And I don't know if it was just I didn't buy into the storyline going on, but I just I don't know. It just felt like a lot of spots and a lot of moments and there wasn't like that story going through it for me. I mean, what do you think? I agree with that. I probably accepted when I was watching it that I I don't think there is really too much story here. Uh I took it for what it was. I think I genuinely believe any story is being hurt by being compared to the bloodline at the moment. I genuinely believe that's hurting anything, especially when you automatically compare blood and guts to war games. And that was very story centric at survivor series last year. So I think it gets hurt by that, but these men, there was broken glass. There was thumbtacks. There was a bed of nails. There was Kotrabushi wrestling in America for the first time. It's I think since the cruiserweight classic in 2016, 17, 16, there was a lot to enjoy about this match. And wrestling is best when the story, you will never get that debate from me. But sometimes I can enjoy it just for the spectacle it is. And that's what this match was. It was a spectacle. Yeah. It, so, so here's all the positives. And there were loads. It, it felt big time, big arena, AEW selling it out. The show felt huge. I thought it was a really solid dynamite. I can't fault the effort. I can't fault the ambition. But there were just moments in it where I just, I wasn't into it. I'll tell you one where there was. Kota Ibushi's entrance, okay? His mates, they're being absolutely battered in this double ring cage. Yeah, huge. His music hits, and you're waiting on him to come out. And then he's there posing, and then he's sort of slowly sauntering his way down, and then he steps through the ring ropes, and then he sort of wallops one with a kick... Where's I'd like to think if I ever found myself in that position, you would be a bit quicker getting there, which I know sounds like nothing, but I just wanted, I don't know, it just didn't hit the spot for me. That's fair, that's understandable. I think I probably had lower expectations of it, so just enjoyed it for what it was. I think the the brutality was off the charts. Mox is just an agent of chaos. He's an agent of chaos sent down here just to disturb us all. Have you seen... Well, you should have seen because I sent it to you, but I've realised something about you. If I send you more than one thing in DM on Twitter without you replying to the first one, you miss the first one I send, I think. It, so it's, it's very... When you message me, the time difference, it's like 2am, so I don't I'll, always see it. I'll send Jack like three tweets and only reply to the last one. So I think I, know, I sent you this, but I don't know if you've seen it. Have you seen what Kota Bruce did after the match? Yeah, it just explained to folks. Doesn't he take a, a, a back bump... So, yeah, the match is finished. They're off air. They're like it's it's all done. And just for fun, the man's taking back bumps on thumbtacks. That one why? 
And two, what are your thoughts like? Because I saw, I didn't really have too many thoughts until like, I saw another friend of the show, Kenny McIntosh. Uh, it's amazing these guys all listen. We're so popular. Uh, tweet, we're so popular. Um, tweet saying he felt that undermines a lot of what they do for the stakes in the wrestling. Because if you're just doing that for fun, why should anyone think, oh, that's tough when you take one in a spa? That's a very good point, actually. It does seem like you're undermining what everyone else was doing a little bit there. The first time I've ever seen anyone do it, and look, okay, it's off air, it's story, we all know it's story, but the one thing you think is canon is those thumbtacks hurt. And to see someone do that, you go, oh, well, it can't be that. Maybe it was just the adrenaline just pushing him through, and he did it, and it was daft. I just... he. God, people are going to think I'm hating on it and I'm not because I like, I'll say it again. Love the effort, love the energy, loved all of that. I also don't like the way these matches end. I don't like the, the submit or surrender because the endings just feel very anticlimactic. And we had that last year on the top with, um, Claudio and Kingston and, oh, hold on. He's given up to save that person. We had it this time round where you sort of, you're up there for the climax and, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't understand that bit. Just have a pinfall. I don't get that bit. I don't like that bit. I agree. And the thing is, this whole show was built on blood and guts. The main event, it's a great match. It wasn't the best thing on the show. No, let's uh, see. This This is the thing. This is this this must irk the, the, the BCC and the Golden Elite because they have an hour in the main event and Blood and Guts was, was it was a spectacle. I don't want to be harsh on it, but what, what do we really want to talk about? More development in the Adam Cole MJF storyline. They win the Blind Eliminator Tag Team Tournament. They hit the double clothesline. They get a shot for the tag belt against FTR on collision. And for reasons I... But who cares why it happened? A dance-off breaks out before their match. The dance-off was weird. That I'm not. That I didn't understand. But the best thing that happened before the match was MJF selling of the surprise of the music being a mashup. That man is so happy to have a friend, and I'm now completely sold on that. The original plan was for them to one of them to cost the other against FTR next week on Collision. I'm sold, but that was the plan. Don't do it. These guys have to win these tag team titles. There is so much money to be made. First of all, in merch, because people will buy a lot of this merch. There is so much storytelling potential here. And I just think, I've been thinking about this a lot. Like, this is this is probably one of my most about wrestling this week, because it just shot me over something I thought was so stupid that now I think is so brilliant the way they've done it so far. To me, especially with the little tease at the end of Cole looking at the belt and MGF not trusting him, it's it's very well done. I just think you play, like I said last week, about three months of this and keep on with the skits. I, I want to see them I want to see them training together. I want to see them watching tape together. I want to see these things. And in the end, when Cole turns on MGF, because it has to be that way, because MGF is acting babyface, he's high-fiving the kids. Um, I think it has to be Cole really being cold and sadistic, being like, this whole time we've been training and watching tape. All I've been doing is learning how you think, learning your moves. I haven't actually told you anything. You don't know anything about me. I know everything about you. Now I'm coming for the title. And then play that out in the match. Have Cole just just counter every move MGF goes for and just have MGF have no answers because Cole has played him for three to six months. I, I'm so sold on that's the way to go here. I agree. And I also... Th- just from a, a fan point of view, you're obviously not able to go to All In, but I'm going to All In. What am I looking forward to seeing at All In at Wembley? I want to see them together. I want to I want to see that. I need to see them together. I want to buy their merch. I want to buy into... That dance-off came from nowhere. 
I loved it. Why? I can't tell you. If, if someone said before, we're going to do a dance-off, we're going to have MJF hit a random disco button and he's going to dance around and Cole's going to look like an idiot dancing, I'd go, you, you are off your trolley. You are mad. What are you doing? But this works. And I actually think they've got an opportunity because we got all in one weekend, then all out the next weekend, right? Why not shake it all about the weekend after? Exactly. It's the Okie Koki tour, as we said last last week. Why not play into that? Why not have Cole and MJF defend the tag titles at Wembley week one and then have MJF defend the world title against someone else with Cole in his corner week two? Why not lean into that? Because this, I'm telling you, forget the BCC and the Golden Elite. Forget everything else going on. This is what people are excited to see. And it's a new side of MJF, which we've, I don't want to say desperately needed because we haven't, but we need this new wrinkle in NJF's character. Where does this go? It's intriguing. Here's a question for you. Would you be happy with the main event of All In being Adam Cole and MJF versus FTR? Yeah. Who who wouldn't? Yeah. Who who, who wouldn't? It, it, you, we... can, you can give it a stipulation if you want. You can make it two out of three falls if you want. I don't think you need to. I think they are... Like we have seen tag team wrestling can main event 80,000 seat stadiums. We saw it at WrestleMania. Yes, you haven't got the story in the build, but this is your best story. They're four of your best performers. They're four of your biggest names. Don't deprive that because you feel that the world title has to be on the card. And if you need to have MGF pull double duty, the story to be told there, if you feel you need that, but I don't think you do. I don't think you need the world title being defended if the story is right. And WWE have shown that. Yeah. People want the story, not the belt. And this is your best story. And, and the other thing is you can see, I'm a big believer, anyone in any walk of life does their best work when they're having fun. You can see how much Cole and MJF are enjoying this. And, and you've got the added wrinkle as well of Roderick Strong sort of just being there. Now, Roderick Strong can play an important role in this in, in costing than the tag titles or whatever, not necessarily at, at all in if they go in that direction. And then that builds into MJF's, did you tell him to do that? Did you get him to betray him? No, I didn't. M no, no, I, Max, I wouldn't. Oh yeah, actually I did all along. And how stupid, for the first time in his life, MJF has been made to look stupid. He's not the devil because Adam Cole's the devil. And that is a storyline to tell. And look how excited we are talking about it. We've had yeah. blood and guts. We've had collision. And th this is the thing. Yeah, 100%. I think I think if they do win it, I think they'd be tempted to do the turn at All In. I think they'd be chat about that in front of that massive crowd. And I could, see, I could see the reasoning for that. I could, a big turn in front of that crowd. But I think there's more There's more than just a month in this. I really think there's more than just four weeks. I think there's a long, long run in this of three to six months. And yeah, there's, we've, all, we, we've all been that person, haven't we, who's been cold, who's not wanted either to let friendship or relationships in. And then that one person's come along and you have, and then they betray you. And it's very relatable. Yes, none of us Charlie, have the Charlie, tag team. what's happened in your world? What do you mean that this is all? <laughs> yeah. well, well, none of us have done it for the tag team titles, but it's a relatable story, isn't it? You don't want to let people in because they hurt you. And then MGF never lets anyone in. And when he does, Cole hurts him. And I just think it's the way to go. I think it's just, I think they've, They've found lightning in a bottle completely by accident here. Yeah. What, what, I'm the biggest CM Punk fan in the world. What's more compelling than this? MJF against Punk? 
Not at the moment. MJF against Will Ospreay? Not at the moment. This is it, I'm telling you. What do you think? He's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. Let us know. Rate, review, and subscribe. James uh, getting in touch last week, enjoying uh, the collision match between uh, FTR and uh, Bullet Club Gold. Uh, Going an hour unexpectedly. Always loving that, so keep your feedback coming in. WWE takes second billing for us this week. Not because there was anything wrong with it. There was a load of good stuff in WWE, including... Gold for Dominic Mysterio in NXT, a brilliant sit-down interview between Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, the return of uh, Brock Lesnar, an attempted cash-in on SmackDown, and LA Knight continuing to stake a claim as the biggest up-and-coming star in WWE. I want to start with Finn Balor and Seth Rollins and that segment on Raw. Best Seth Rollins we've seen in years. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And such a simple but different way of doing a promo. Uh, I, I loved it completely. I think it was ve- it felt very real. It felt very raw. There's a very obvious story they're leaning into here with these two men, and I really, really enjoyed it. It was, um, I thought it was the best thing on Raw this week. Yeah, I, I thought it was the best thing on Raw. It, I've never got this version of Seth Rollins. I've, I've never, I've always preferred other versions. I know that's my personal taste. I don't like the weird laugh, the weird, and I love that he stripped all that back, looked Finn Balor in the eye and just said, if you want to do it, let's do it now. And Finn Balor, best Finn Balor we've seen in ages. I mean, this is just, that four minutes has got me as hyped for anything in wrestling. Yeah, and I think they have to go at SummerSlam, these two. I think Finn wins it. Mm. I really think Finn takes the title from Seth here because I think there is. I think Seth Rollins has been brilliant as this first world champion. I think he's been the perfect choice. And what they want out of this world title, of it being the fighting championship, forget the silly reasoning they gave for it. Like, I hate the reasoning that we need it because Roman doesn't... Hate that. Hate, hate, hate it. Try and forget about that because we do in wrestling and forget those things. I think he's very quickly made it feel very important. Like... You want to have it because he wants to have it. So he's made, put some prestige on it. But I think the storytelling potential with Finn winning it and having Damien Priest in the judgment day with money in the bank, I think is too good to pass up on. And I also think the judgment day are stupidly hot right now. Like they are so high. And I think as the bloodline are starting to finish, we're, we're coming to the end of that faction. I think WWE want to have another faction that are the centrepiece of the company. And I think it's the Judgment Day. And I think having each of them hold the gold, with Don with the North American title, which we'll get to because that's carnage. Obviously, Rhea with the Women's World title. Have Seth with the World title. And Damian Priest with the Money in the Bank. Finn with the World title. But yeah. Sorry, yes, sorry. Finn with the World title. Yeah. I think that sets them up perfectly. Yeah. I just... I. Th- I, I We'll have to do an episode one day on the biggest turnarounds in wrestling from turn off to must watch, because not only is the Judgment Day there, I think Dominic Mysterio is there as well. We've never told the story before of the world champion at the front of the faction and the person who can cash in sitting behind them. We've never seen it. I think the closest we've probably got to telling that story is Batista and Triple H after the Royal Rumble win. Let's, 2005. Let, let's go there. Let's tell this story because this version of Finn is a credible world champion. He, I mean, Finn Balor's year, edge in the hell in a cell where he almost got split in half with that ladder shot to where he is now. I just, I'm just, i as excited for that as I am for absolutely anything. Yeah, I think that would be a promotion. SummerSlam 
is very soon. It's mm. the 5th of August, I think. It's very, very soon. It's also shaping up to be a very good card. Very good card, I think. It's going to be great. All right, let's uh, let's put it off no more. This uh, I've not been watching much NXT. I'm going to be honest, it's just passed under my radar. So I was more than a little stunned to wake up on Wednesday morning and see Dominic Mysterio has beaten Wesley to win the NXT North American Championship. Dom Dom has singles gold. Yeah, so I was very surprised to see this. But first of all, I want to give a word to Wesley who has had the run as North American champion. He's the best NXT North American champion there's been. And if you haven't watched his match, haven't seen what he's doing, go and go and watch back. Just his big matches, they have been sensational. My favourite was he had one against uh, Dominic Dijakovic, which was just phenomenal, uh, I think, an NXT vengeance. Anyway, brilliant. But it's Dom's time. And yeah, it's just mate, he's just such a good heel. And of course, he won by cheating on the Judgment Day, helped him and... Yes, it's strange he's down in NXT, but it seems they're once again merging the lines of what's main roster and what's developmental, which I think is when it's, WWE's at its best, when you feel like they've got three shows you have to watch. And if you want to make the Judgment Day look strong, completely makes sense to have him win this one because there's other stuff. He's not going to take the Intercontinental title off him, is it? Off Gunther, is he? The US title's got its tournament going on. This one makes sense, and it brings more eyes to NXT. It gives Dom some legit legitimacy, He's such a good heel. It was the, the reactions were the sort of reactions when Jinder won the world title in 2017. It was that sort of reaction. I thought it was brilliant. I I, I think it was even. I get the Jinder comparison. I think the Jinder one was. Oh, I cannot believe you've done. Like there, I don't think there was any redeeming feature to that. I think even the people who were shocked that Dom had won appreciated the potential storyline. Because you can do so much with this. I mean, Dom and Rhea as the power couple, both with titles. Damien Priest having money in the bank. Set, uh, Finn Balor not having... Uh, it's just... The judge... Whoever took hold of the Judgment Day and Dom... And we talk so much about the bloodline and Heyman with that. I want to know whose fingerprints are across the Judgment Day. Because they have gone from zeros to hero. And you can have Dom, it's going to be a huge moment when someone takes that off him. Like that, that is, uh, that'll spike a TV rating. That'll do a pay-per-view number. If you build Dominic Mysterio up, when someone beats him for that belt, it's going to be huge. Massively. The one thing that upsets me is the continuity because poor Solo Sokoa won the North American title and he went to the main roster and he had to give it up. And now Dom's gone down. So my, my logical brain's like, no, that doesn't make sense. And then you have to remember you're a wrestling fan and nothing makes sense. It's all ridiculous. Just get on with it, Charlie. He's Dirty Dom. That's it. Yeah. You don't get the name Dirty Dom. Like Myst- yeah, Solo he- Sokoa hasn't done hard time in prison. Who would win the fight between Solo Sokoa and Dominic Mysterio? In a prison brawl, obviously Dom. Yeah, I think so. Shanks. Hey, yeah, you, you exactly. by the way, sent me, because we're not talking about the bloodline really this week, so it wasn't huge developments, but you did send me Umaga's son, who has been making waves on social media with one hell of a Samoan spike on, God bless this fellow, who looked to be in his 90s, um, but, but he he looks like a badass. Yes, I wonder how long before until he's in NXT. I wonder how long before we're hearing more about him, but yes, 
Go find it on Twitter. It's some Samoan spike. It really is. He just launches into it. Uh, he's Charlie underscore Beckett on uh, Twitter. I am Jack underscore Merley. So Judgment Day all over the place. On SmackDown, we see a great match between Bianca Belair and Asuka for the WWE Women's Championship. An attempted IO Sky cash-in and LA Knight continues to stake a claim as the hottest up-and-coming star in WWE. Charlie, I don't want to fantasy book this, but um, what do you do with LA Knight right now who is on this red hot streak where'd you go with him he has to win this US title he has to at SummerSlam and I actually think then there's uh, legs and a feud between her and Theory for a while it doesn't have to be a one and done they're a good pairing on the mic in the ring but he has to win some gold now it's too it'd be embarrassing if he doesn't because he's too popular and it gets to the point where on a smaller scale obviously if we don't start putting him in segments in matches in the title picture you're going to get Daniel Bryan, WrestleMania 30 sort of things where the fans are going to just take over. WWE seems to have learned their lesson from then, and I think US title is the perfect place to put him. Um, so I think he wins this Fatal 4-Way on Raw on Monday, I believe. He'll then face... Who won the Fatal 4-Way on SmackDown? Uh, oh, um, what's his name from the LWO? I've forgotten his name. Santo Escobar? Yes. He won that one. I think they'll have a match. And then I think LA Knight will beat Theory at uh, SummerSlam. I think you have to because the man came out and basically just said, LA Knight, yeah. And it got like two and a half million views on YouTube. He, he is he is so good. Do you know what I would do with him? Do you, do you remember those weird Royal Rumble WWE title matches you would get where like hardcore Holly would face Brock Lesnar for the WWE title or, or Jeff Hardy would face Randy Orton because they knew the Rumble yeah. would sell the pay-per-view. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad if, say, after SummerSlam, they did, like, an over-the-top rope battle royale for the number one contendership and LA Knight wins that and you get, like, a little six weeks of Roman and LA Knight for, the, for that... Dub. Now, he doesn't win the title, clearly, but, mm-hmm. you know, we saw that with Logan Paul going into Saudi Arabia where you just sort of heated him right up and you were going, he won't win, but he might win. I would, I would do that. I think, I think the audience would buy into that if he got that number one contendership in that way. Yeah, I think I could see that. I think no one's really going to think he's the man to beat Roman, but you'd like to see him in the main event segment for six six weeks. So yeah, I, I think that's a very feasible idea, but I think he'll have the US title. I think he'll be busy with that. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And that US title um, needs heating up. The Intercontinental title doesn't. <laughs> We're going to get Gunter and, and True McIntyre just beat the living snot out of each other soon. I mean, if we enjoyed it at WrestleMania as part of that triple threat with Sheamus, what are we going to get at SummerSlam when they clash? Yeah, this is going to go hard and will probably, for me, be matched tonight for what I like for my wrestling. It's going to be it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. Um, I thought Gunther had murdered poor Matt Riddle this week with a chop. I thought he'd actually murdered him. Well, what what is happening to Riddle, by the way? Because he, he seems to have been defined down as sort of an upper mid-card gatekeeper sort of person. Almost like he needs some help from a former tag team partner of his who we keep hearing might be coming back. Oh, I miss Randy Orton. I, I think Randy Orton is one of those people you don't know what you've got till he's gone. And when that music hits and he makes his return, we're all going to go, oh, for, like it's going to be like Cena at Money in the Bank. S- SummerSlam. You I think if Riddle's on the, I think if Riddle's on the card at SummerSlam, I think Randy makes the save from at some point. 
Can we just say that it was probably 18 months ago, you and I sat here and bemoaned, absolutely bemoaned the lack of a mid-card in WWE. Has there ever been a greater turnaround in creating a mid-card? Because you look at what they've done now. I mean, the IC title's hot. Ricochet Logan Paul's hot. The women's titles are hot. Even away from the women's title scene, you've got hot non-title feuds. Trish and Becky, I know you want to come in on that. That's that's what I want to say. I think the women's division, we've bemoaned there being nothing under the titles in that. I think especially SmackDown is in the best shape it's been that I can remember. There are multiple feuds. There are multiple women involved. They When they intertwine like they did in that potential cash-in the weekend, they make sense. All the performers are brilliant. I, I think the women's division is in the best state it's been in in a long, long, long time. And I think it's probably the next natural evolution of the women's evolution. The first was, let's start giving them time. The second was, let's start creating titles to make them seem important on the level of the men. Then it was, let's let the main event pay-per-views. Then it was, let's create a mid-card. And I, I think, I'm not sure there was a deliberate strategy to give the women the respect they deserved, although clearly that was part of it. But actually, I think we're there now at that point where you're looking... Blimey, it's taken some legwork, but we are at that point where they finally got there with WWE, and I love it. I think I think the women's scene is great. I'm really interested to see what they do with this tattoo, thank you, Trish, across Becky Lynch's chest. I don't know why, I just, that's a sort of daft, I, what would you get, if you had, I don't know, I can't think of something you want enough to get a tattoo, but is there something where you'd get like, thank you, Jack, tattooed across your chest? No. Nothing. No. Okay, what if I said, Charlie, I can I can swing for you a day with The Undertaker in the West End where you just go and watch musicals together and then you finish at Twickenham watching a, a final and uh, then you and Mark just go drinking. But in order to do that, you have to get Thank You Jack across your chest. I get it. I get it tattooed on my forehead for that. It's not be stupid. You know I would. So yes, yes, there is is the answer. Yes. Um, what musical yeah, do you think Undertaker would like would like the most? What that is a great question. I'm putting far too much thought into it. I think he would like the Book of Mormon. <laughs> I think he'd be like, this is a funny old thing. I think he'd love the Lion King. I think he'd identify with yes, Scar. Yeah. He's got a soft spot for the Lion King. Or Les Mis or something. Um, that feud yeah. is great. Let, let's talk briefly. Brock and Cody. Poor old Cody Rhodes getting beaten up in front of his mum. No one does a beat down like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it was so brutal. Literally right in front of his mother. Who? She's the wife of Dusty, the mother of... Uh, Dustin and Cody she knows how to work she knows how to play a part she knows the business but it still can't be fun to watch your little boy completely beaten up by the scariest human being on the planet he he just was looking her dead in the eye as he did it and you just thought Brock is having the time of his life Cody's having the time of his life the poor mum is there she's also a little bit stoic at points she's probably just like oh I've seen this all before boys will be boys as her son is writhing in pain on the floor in the Kimura lot I just thought good on uh, Cody's mum because I just I just thought great love love the segment think it's fantastic yeah it was it was very very good um before we move on, a word for, I saw 
doing the rounds on a house show that Bailey had an injury that hopefully isn't too bad, but I really hope it isn't too bad. I think she came out on Twitter and said it wasn't as bad as it looks, but it was a knee and the ref put the X up. So you hope that isn't too bad because, as we were just saying, it's such a great moment for the women's division. She's very much involved with IO Sky's potential cashing. So we hope to goodness that she is okay. Yeah, we do indeed. Uh, it's a huge week in wrestling. Charlie underscore oh, Becky. Oh, and, and there was something else. Yep. Chad Gable... How big a man can he actually German suplex, do you think? Because it seems like he's trying to just go around and German suplex all the biggest men in WWE. He is, of course he's like this, because he's an Olympian, and we shouldn't we shouldn't doubt it, but it is when you look at him, he is the argument for technique over strength. And of course he's strong, of course he's ungodly strength, but you look at the technique when he does it and you go, you are different gravy. Yeah, I think he's just, he's eyeing up the biggest men in the world and can I German suplex you? Because it's, I don't know which Viking Raider it was that he suplexed this week. I'm not that good. But he he did a moonsault onto one, rolled out of it, and suplexed the other into a bridge pin. And it was just the most delicious bit of wrestling you could ever want to watch. Chad Gable's one of those guys as well where you could spin him off. He's he he's in that Kurt Angle mode, literally, of he's as good technically as Kurt Angle ever was. But he's so good at the comedy. He's so good at the comedy, but you could easily spin him off. Do you remember when he was Shorty G? Well, I didn't until now. And like PTSD. Wow bad was that i think that was probably the point where he was like oh vince re- please no i'm an olympian oh god that's gonna be shivers i forgot it's when you said you could spin him off i just thought of shorty g oh it was hideous get him down to nxt if, if you ever run out of things to do with him on the main roster he he is a credible nxt champion i think uh, look let's do everyone's favorite part of the podcast earning the push and back to developmental uh you can get involved in these if you want he's charlie underscore becky on twitter i'm jack underscore merley a reminder to rate review and subscribe wherever you're listening uh first or second on this charlie just to remind you listeners it's where we send something we love from everyday life to the moon by giving it the push and something we hate goes back to developmental. I'll go second this week because I've been selfish and greedy and gone first the last two weeks in a row. Okay, so my earning the push is a nice and and simple one. Uh, I've rediscovered Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I will never, Uh, uh, never, ever get bored of it. Never, ever, ever get bored of it. Oh, I saw your tweet about that scene the other day. It's one of my favourites in comedy. It's just, I I just need, there's so much good TV on the moment. You go, yeah, but I'm just going to watch all of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I actually finished the last series last week. I didn't realise it had come out on Netflix. I'd missed that. And then it came up with a suggestion. And I was like, I've seen it all. And I was like, oh, there's a seventh series I haven't seen yet. And actually takes a very serious turn, the seventh series, because it was filmed all while the... uh, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter stuff was happening, wasn't it? So it was brilliant in a different way, that final series of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But it is Andy Samberg is a comedic genius and Andre Brule, I think you say a second, the, the man who plays Raymond Holt is just perfection. There is, there is not, there, in every episode, there is a Holt line that will just crease me. Just will, and you don't see it coming. And he is so good. And I can't imagine there are many people who listen to this who don't watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. If you have been living under a rock, watch it. It's sensational. It will cheer you up. Back to developmental for me is my big mouth. I've, Ooh, I've, what have you done? I've got myself into a bit of bother here. 
I am next Saturday calling the WAW Pride Show in Norwich on commentary. Oh, I've seen this. It's less your big mouth. It's more your big tweeting thumbs, isn't it? Well, ain't that the truth? Haven't I felt that before? So here is the problem. (laughs) They are doing a Pride Rumble. And I said, oh, maybe I should bring my gear as if I have gear. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought. It's like, what gear has Jack got? (laughs) I just just some of China's old stuff just sitting in the wardrobe. (laughs) So I say that thinking it'll go nowhere. Then Zach Zodiac, WAW star and brother of Soraya, sends me an open message on Twitter saying, I dare you. So I think I might have accidentally entered myself into a rumble match. Brilliant. This is excellent. And what I need from all the listeners is, so that is next Saturday or Sunday? Next Saturday. Next Saturday. So we will record one more episode before then. Mm. So what I I think, as long as we can with our schedules, what I need everyone to do is send in the next week to me or to Jack your ideas for Jack to survive in the Rumble. But I'd also like to know what people think Jack's finisher would be and what it would be called. We've all thought of our finishers. We've all thought of our finishers before. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll reveal what you think your finisher will be next week. I don't know what people think yours should be. I'm going to tell you now. The name is Broken Frequencies. It's a brilliant name, but I want to hear other people's names. So basically, my question is, how quickly can you get back from Australia to help me if I end up entering a rumble? Not quicker. I would. There is genuinely nowhere I'd rather be unless I was coming to the very much business end of my season here in Australia. But, oh... I'm going to be watching and wishing I was there. That would be fantastic. Jack Motormouth Murley. I want you up from the um I want you up from the desk like Michael Cole. We'll see. We'll see how we go on this. Um so that is my back to developmental. I may have accidentally entered a rumble match. Um what's yours? Come on, see if you can top that this week. No, can't top that. Mine's not as interesting. Uh my back to developmental is so first of all it's a bit of a oh it's really good, then it's not. So Amazingly, here in Australia, 99.9% of car parks, it's three hours free, which is amazing. Like shopping centres and stuff, you don't get that in England, it'll cost you £27 and have to take out a mortgage to park. You are in the land of natural wonder, of of beauty beyond compare, of, of weather that we can only dream of. And you're coming on this podcast and you're saying it's free parking that you want three to... hours most places except for and here's back to developmental i went into the center of sydney this week the sydney cbd and i thought oh i'll go to this car park and i thought oh, it's not gonna be free but it will be it won't be too expensive do you know what they wanted to charge me for park for half an hour i'm not gonna name the car park but do you want to know what they want to charge you for half an hour parking twenty dollars fifty dollars which is about 26 pound 50 so i then on this ramp did genuinely, uh, my better half counted it, a 17-point turn to get back out and exit without going through the barrier. I wasn't doing it. So that's my back to developmental this week. They probably the car look- I've got out here, the car I've got out here is the longest car in the world. It's like a starship. They, they probably looked and just went, English. Must be English, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, I reckon so. Good accent, by the way. That's Thank quite you. good from you. Um, and then my earning the push is, so I'm working at a school while I'm out here as well to earn some extra pocket money, do some coaching. And the other day I was with the under 14 A's and bless these kids. They think a lot of me because I just want to run you through one of the conversations we had. Uh, 
one the quick kids twigged that I like Tyson Fury. So that was that was which I did. There was a lot of hilarity there. One of the other kids then said, Sir, do you think you could beat Tyson Fury in a fight? To which I said, No, he's the world heavyweight champion. And they said, Yeah, but surely you're bigger than him, sir. And I said, Do you do you not understand how big Tyson Fury is? These kids went, No, are you not big? They said, Well, I'm six foot four. I said, he is six foot nine. And the look on these kids' faces, they were like this, just gobsmacked. And they were like, so he'd tower over you, sir. I was like, yes, he'd tower over me. And he's the world heavyweight champion of boxing. He would win the fight. I then thought that was the end of the conversation. 30 seconds later, a kid goes, I've been thinking, sir. I said, right. I thought, I bet you haven't. I bet what you're about to say next makes me think you haven't been thinking. He goes, I reckon you've got a chance. I said, I said, why is that? He said, well, you catch with one clean shot and it's just punches chance, isn't it, in a fight? I was like, right. I was like, so first of all, I'd never felt more valued in my life. These kids obviously think a lot of me, but I was like, do you understand how hard this man punches and how hard he can be punched? I was like, have you seen the, the punch he got up from from Deontay Wilder? And secondly, how hard do you think I can punch? But then the next 20 minutes were spent with the kids asking me if I think I could beat up professional fighters and which ones I think I could. Amazingly, none of them. The, the children all thought I would win the fight against Conor McGregor, which was very kind of them. I disagree, if Conor's listening, friend of the show. So my uh, earn the push is basically the hilarity of children's brains. It was brilliant. No, I agree with them. Not on Tyson Fury. I think you could be... <laughs> I, I, you'd easily beat up Conor McGregor. Easily. No chance. Nope. Right, your big mouth is going to get me in trouble here. Nope. No, 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 no. If I'm nope. doing a rumble, you're beating up Conor McGregor. That's... Could, we, could we come and headline the show, me versus Conor? Yep, they would take that. They would take that. <laughs> the Norwich Performance Centre, Diamond Row, they would be delighted to see you. Um, I, I'm not sure they could afford Conor McGregor. They could certainly afford me, but I'm not sure about Conor. They would have to scrape my remains off the mat. <laughs> Before the match. Right, one final quick question before we go. We touched on it earlier. Um, SummerSlam isn't far away. Is the natural choice to have Finn Balor beat Seth Rollins? Is that the... Do we... I know that Finn's only... uh, Seth's only had the title for a little while, but is the natural switch to do it now? For me, that makes sense, yes. And I don't mind if you even want to use the Judgment Day cheating uh, Seth out of it. And I actually think I'll be a little bit annoyed by that. You want to do it right? I don't know. But I, I, I think it's time for Finn to be world champ. And also, for the man Finn Balor and what happened seven years ago, I'd like him to be world champion and have a run as world champ. I think he deserves it. I agree. Do it with a buckle bomb. Let's see where we go uh, and see what happens. yes. Yes, that's nice. Let's wrap it up for today, though. Look, thank you for listening. Wherever you listen each and every week, your support means an awful lot. Keep supporting us by subscribing and rating, reviewing, and all that good stuff. Here's Charlie underscore Beckett on Twitter. I'm Jack underscore Murley. But we are out of time for this week's Earning the Push. Until next time, enjoy your wrestling week, and bye-bye. 